Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you here this morning. And uh, Willis mentioned that we have a fellowship meal this morning. And I don't know how many of you, when you started the new year, you know, it's very popular. Many people start a diet or go on a diet or whatever. Well, Joanna Yoder sent me a picture yesterday that I thought was very fitting. So I asked her if I could share it this morning. And... Uh, <laughs> So if you started a diet, just forget about it today because we're having a church potluck meal, okay? <laughs> but I, I had to laugh when she, uh, when she sent that to me yesterday. Well, it was quite a week. Um, in the end, it seems like we didn't get quite as much snow as maybe what they, they said, but it did shut everything down for a couple days. And so uh, thanks to Joe and the trustees or whoever helped to make sure we could be here this morning with the uh, walks and everything. It's been a challenge uh, the last couple of days to keep the walks even clear with as cold as it was and, and so on. I know I struggled with that in my house as well. So um, one thing I did realize this week, though, snow quarantines are a lot more fun than pandemic quarantines. <laughs> I think the kids would, the children would probably agree with that uh, as well. Well, today, as you've probably figured out, we're looking at the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. And so uh, Jonah is only four short chapters. And uh, if you use your smartphones, it's probably easier to locate because you can just go right to Jonah. But if you still use a, a printed Bible, it is found after Obadiah and before Micah. So if that doesn't help you out much, <laughs> which it may not, you might want to go to the, con the table of contents and find out what page number Joan is on this morning. Jenny did a good job with the children of telling them kind of the, how the story of Jonah goes. It's one that I think we're very familiar with. Uh, but I wanted to add a little bit before we read the third chapter. That's what we're going to read this morning as a part of this story. Jonah was one of the minor prophets in the Bible. There are major prophets. There are minor prophets. Um, he was a minor prophet. Um, but the one thing that's different about the book of Jonah than the other prophets is that the book of Jonah is about his life and about his situation or story. And a lot of the other prophets we have books from in the Bible, they are prophesying what God has told them to prophesy. So it's a little bit different um, in that, uh, in that sense. But I just want to recap just a little bit of what Jenny said, set the context here before we get to the third chapter. Of course, he was called by God to go east to the city of Nineveh, the big city of Nineveh, and to tell them to repent of their evil ways. Jonah doesn't want to do that, so he runs to the west. He boards a ship that's headed for Spain, going across the Mediterranean Sea. And when they get Somewhere along the way there in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, this big storm comes up and they end up throwing Jonah overboard because they figure out he's the reason that they're in this situation. And Jonah actually says that. So uh, they throw Jonah overboard and then, of course, a large fish comes along and swallows Jonah and then three days later spits him up on the shore. And then that brings us to chapter three where... God gives Jonah a second chance and a second chance to fulfill this calling that he has put on him or asked him to proclaim. So let's see 
Excuse me, let's see how Jonah responds this time, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne and took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways... He relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. Let's go to the word and let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin this morning. Lord Jesus, we ask you uh, through this story of Jonah that your Holy Spirit would speak into our lives today. Each individual, we pray you would speak into our lives and tell us or uh, let us know what it is we are to take from this today and how it may be speaking into each of our lives individually. And we pray and we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, uh, during the summer months, I play golf sometimes with a group of local pastors and, and friends. And a week that we've just been through makes me long for those summer days or at least warmer days when you can get out and do those kind of things. Um, I'm not much into sliding down hills these days, so <laughs> I prefer the warmer weather to do other, other types of things. But when we go out in the summer, we like to compete against each other. But most of us are just like average golfers, and so we modify the rules a little bit when we go out. We allow each person to have a mulligan for each nine holes that we play. Of course, you play 18, so you get a mulligan for, for each nine. Now, if you don't know that much about golf or you haven't heard, heard that term before, which I think a lot of people have, but a mulligan is when you don't like your shot, so you get another chance. You drop the ball and you hit it without taking another stroke or you know, having it affect your, your score. I like mulligans in golf. Um, they come in handy a lot of times. But you know what? I like them even more in life. Most of us can probably think of times in the past when we would have liked to have a second chance to go back and to do things differently. Maybe as parents, perhaps in a marriage, maybe it's in a job, 
Or maybe it's even in your relationship with God. Well, we can't go back and, and change the past. But the good news with Jesus is that his grace and forgiveness will allow us to have a second chance. And we see that here in the life of Jonah and in this, this story. He disobeyed God. I mean, he actually ran the other direction and ran from God. But as we've heard this morning, you know, through some miraculous circumstances that I'm sure God provided, he was given a second chance to come through on this mission that God had asked him to do. We see here in chapter 3 that Jonah did finally go to Nineveh. He did share the message that he was supposed to deliver. And the people actually turned from their evil ways and turned back to God, the people of Nineveh. The Lord had compassion on them. And in chapter 4, we see that Jonah even struggled with that whole reality. If you read on into the next chapter, you know, he, after it all happened, he didn't like it that his enemies, the Ninevites, we're going to be blessed with God's grace and God's compassion. In Jonah 4, 2, he says, That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. That's a hard word, by the way. <laughs> Try to say Tarshish three times in a row. <laughs> it's not an easy word to say. But anyway, he says, That's why I was so quick to flee. Because I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, that you are slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. You know, there's a, lot that, there's a lot that we could discuss about this story this morning. I mean, it begins, of course, in many of your minds, or our minds, can a man really survive in the mouth or the stomach of a large fish for three days. Hmm. There have been actually several cases of that happening in the past 100 years, even. If you go back to the late 19th century, there's a man named John, James Bartley, who was uh, supposedly swallowed by a sperm whale, and he was found alive several days later when that whale was killed. Just last year, I don't know if any of you heard about this, but just last year, uh, there was a lobster diver named Michael Packard who was swallowed by a humpback whale just off the coast of, of Cape Cod. And he was not in the whale's mouth as long, but thought it was about 40 to 50 seconds or so before the whale actually opened his mouth up and he escaped. I watched, I actually watched a, a TV news report of that story online this week because I wanted to do a little looking into it. And I found it interesting because the news lady in Boston that was reporting this on the news, she said, this is the kind of story that you only hear in children's books. And I had to, th I had to think, Either she didn't know her Bible 
or she was too scared to mention that this is a main story. This is a big story in, in the Bible. So I don't know which it was for her, but, you know, scholars have long debated about this story. And some even think that perhaps Jonah maybe died in the well and then came back to life once he was spit back up on the, the beach. There are actually, you know, other resurrection accounts in scripture that we know of. And Jesus him, himself, years later, Jesus himself actually referred to Jonah and this story when he was speaking about his own death and resurrection. In Matthew 12, 40, when Jesus was speaking to the teachers of the law, he said, Jonah was three days and three nights in the stomach of a big fish. And then he said, the son of man will be three days and three nights in the grave also. We know what happened. Of course, after those three days and three nights, don't we? Jesus was resurrected. But we're not sure about the whole situation of Jonah, you know, because we're only given a few details, the basics of what happened there. But the main message or the main, the main detail that we need to take from this story, though, is the truth that we find in verse 2 of chapter 4, where it says, God is a gracious and compassionate God, a God that is slow to anger, a God that is abounding in love. You see, the main detail that I think we need to take from this story is our God is a God of second chances. And we see that fully on display here in this, in this story. And we also, of course, see it fully on display in the life of Jesus when Jesus comes to this earth. Last week, we studied where uh, we saw in the scripture where Jesus calmed the storm. Of course, Jesus did many other miracles. If you read through the Gospels, he showed the grace and compassion of God. He died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. But of course, we know he, grew, he rose from the grave and defeated death once and for all then. So you see, it is because of that relentless love for us as his people that he doesn't give up on us. God didn't give up on Jonah when he was fleeing from him. And God is not going to give up on you even if you sometimes give up on him. Our God is the God of second chances. And I think, you know, that is truly the greatest thing about the Christian faith. Because what that means is that hope will never disappear. Hope will never disappear because the grace and forgiveness of Jesus will never disappear. It can cover anything in your past and everything in your future. And, you know, if you think about, you know, despite our failures, 
God will still call us and use us to be his messengers. He will call us to be his witnesses, despite what may be in our past. And he will call us to, he calls us to be a light in this world, even though we aren't perfect. I mean, that's what Jonah's life really represents for us. And that's why, that's what we see in so many other people in the Bible. You think about Abraham and Moses and David and Peter and Paul in the New Testament. I mean, the list could... The list could go on and on of some of the greatest people in the Bible who were used by God despite their imperfections and their failures. You know, it's a reminder for us that God can make straight lines while using crooked sticks to accomplish it. I I used that as my title for the message this morning, and it really comes from author Larry Osborne. Um, He actually coined that phrase, but he points to to some others since the Bible even who would fall into that category that sometimes we wouldn't maybe think of of putting in that category. Martin Luther in the Great Reformation, John Wesley who started the Methodist Church, A.W. Tozer, a famous preacher from years past, Bob Pierce, the founder of World Vision, which continues to do great things around the world uh, even today. And there are many others. In fact, we could probably even add Menno Simons, (laughs) who started the Mennonite Church, or, or the Mennonite name comes from, and Mennonite Central Committee. We could add those to that list. God will use crooked sticks to accomplish his straight lines that need to be drawn in this world. And God has to, you see, because none of us can claim to be straight sticks. I mean, we're all sinners. We've all failed. We have a past. But through the grace of God, we are, all, we are still called by Christ. And we are still used by Christ to share his light and hope with the world. And you know that that light and hope can also help us in our individual lives as well. When we go through struggles and things in life that, that come at us. In Jonah's story, God's, God's words to him were almost the same in chapter 1. As they were in chapter 3. They're almost the same the first time as the second time. And so you see God's plan didn't change through all of this. Instead it was, it was Jonah who changed. At least he changed his approach to God's command. He still had some work to do of course with his attitude. If you read on into chapter 4 you, you see that. But the people of Nineveh responded to Jonah's word from the Lord, and they changed for the better. They were saved, and you know, even the king of Nineveh himself was changed because of this message from God that Jonah delivered. 
So here's the big idea that I think we can take from this today. Your second chances that you're given, if you follow through on them, can become someone else's first chance to experience God's love and mercy. God will use you. God will use me. God will use crooked sticks to bring forth the straight lines that are needed in this world. And you know, as I thought about this scripture this week, I had to think about how different our world today approaches this whole idea of grace and second chances. I know this isn't the first time I've mentioned this, but this whole idea, that this whole thing we're in right now with, with cancel culture, it's just opposite of the story of Jonah. Instead of mulligans or second chances or grace, our world today wants to give up on people once they fail or do something that they shouldn't have done. Now, yes, you know, sometimes, sometimes there needs to be a time of stepping back, sometimes of reflection when we fail, or even sometimes a form of punishment if a crime has been committed or, or something like that. But no one is beyond the grace of Jesus. No one is beyond the grace of Jesus. We have to remember that. The world may never forgive us of something. But we know that through Jesus, no matter what we have done, in the end, um, He is going to forgive us. And that's really what matters the most anyway. But let's go back to what I said the big idea of this is. You're following through on that second chance. Could be the opportunity for somebody else to learn about how God works. Or to learn about God's mercy and grace. And then say, you know what, that's something I want for my life. That's something I need in my life. And so they might just receive it for themselves. So you follow through on following God's leading instead of fleeing. And that could make a huge difference in the world uh, without you even really realizing it, maybe. Here are some steps that can help us to draw straight lines for God, even though we all may be crooked sticks. The first thing is that we need to let go of some stuff. We need to let go of some stuff in our past that, that keeps weighing us down and keeping us from moving forward in the future. And I think we, we also need to, to let go of things that keep coming into our minds and into our thoughts. You know, sometimes we think we've let go of something, but then we just keep thinking about it. Or uh, Satan keeps bringing that back into our minds and loading us down with that shame and guilt so that we can't move forward and follow what God wants us to do. Jonah had to let go of his shame in order to go east instead of west. He had to let go of the shame of his failure, and he had to embrace the mercy of God and realize that the Lord's miraculous deliverance had done a work in his life. I, I you know, wonder as he laid there on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, <laughs> He had to be pinching himself thinking how fortunate he was to still be alive. 
after what he had been through. Some of you this morning might be thinking that about your own life. Some of you might be paralyzed by some past failure in your life. Maybe you felt that it's just not possible for God to use someone who has done something as bad as you have done or who has a past that's as checkered as, as your past. I mean, this is just one story of many in the Bible that, that can give you hope, if you can relate to that. I mean, not only get you, give you hope, but can get you excited about how God might use you in the future, despite all of the other stuff. And maybe, you know, if, you're, if your past is not so checkered, I mean, maybe you don't have much of a, a checkered past. Maybe it's some other things that need to be repented of in your life in order to get this second chance to, to truly follow through what, and see how God can use you. Things like pride, prejudice, maybe materialism or envy. Maybe even some form of disobedience or sin that is in your life and is keeping you from what God is truly wanting to do in your life. And so we need to ask today, what is it in each of our lives that, that we need to let go of today? What is it that you need to let go of today? What is it that you maybe need to repent of and receive the grace and mercy of Jesus for in your life? You know, if we look at the prayer that Jonah prayed in chapter 2, we see him turning to God with a repentant heart there. And we see a desire in him that he wants to change, he wants to change his ways. And this is the kind of prayer that, that we need to pray in order to come to Jesus with a repentant heart and let go of those things that we've been holding on to. So that we can be the, the instrument of God's mercy that the Lord calls us to be. That prayer actually in chapter 2 is what leads to chapter 3, which we read this morning. The part where Jonah, he actually goes where God had told him to go in the first place. That's step number 2. And that's where Jonah goes to Nineveh and obeyed the word of the Lord. This is where we fulfill the purpose that God has set out for us in this life. And, you know, it can be a call to go somewhere. But it also can be a call to go to someone as well. It can be a call to go and to just be with someone who needs you to be with them. It can be a call to go and do things close to home. That God is calling you to do. It could be far away from home. It could be in the next room of your house. But the key is to go and do what God is calling you to do. Instead of running from those things. Like Jonah did in chapter 1. And then the third part of this is that. Jonah actually shared with the king and the people what needed to be shared. What needed to be said 
He told them what God had said and, and what needed to happen in order for them to be saved. That same call you see is placed on, on each of us as Christians. We heard it read earlier in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go and tell the people. Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. And, you know, on this side of the cross, our message to others is a little different maybe than Jonah's message was in this story. You know, we now can share about the salvation and the grace and the eternal life in heaven that we can find through Jesus. That's a lot more fun to share with people than what Jonah had to share. I mean, he went to Nineveh and he said, turn to the Lord or in 40 days you will be destroyed. I don't necessarily recommend going out and saying that to people. Unless God tells you to, but... Today on this side of the cross, we have a different message to share, really. And it's, it's a message that's just as urgent as it was for Nineveh. But of course, we need to go about it a little bit differently. In the, you know, if we go about sharing that today, the truth of God and the good news of Jesus, the hope of the gospel, we need to make sure we are sharing it in a way that is loving to other people, and not judgmental, you know, we don't want to come across in the wrong way so that it's just uh, rejected. Now, I realize in today's world, <laughs> the world we live in today, sometimes you can actually share it in love and concern. And instead, they're still going to say that you are hateful and, and judge, judgmental. I mean, that's the world we live in today. But how we, you know, how we handle those moments and how we go about sharing the love and the, the message of Jesus, uh, it needs to be handled with care. And it needs to be done in the right way. Some people may not receive it. I mean, in this story, Nineveh was just, sounds like they were just ready to go in a new direction. It's our job to go and tell and share it. But... We need to pray for the people who maybe don't receive it right away. We share it with them and then we pray for them. And pray that they will see the truth and that they will receive this gift of grace and salvation that they can have through Jesus Christ in their life. And it's a gift, by the way. It is a gift that is given to us. And each person has to believe it and receive it for themselves. So in closing this morning, let's recap just how Jonah's life and this book in the Bible encourages us to um, encourages us and instructs us in our world today. First, we need to let go, let go of anything that's keeping us from following after God. We definitely don't want to be running from God as Jonah was. Second, we need to go where God calls us to go. As I said, you know, it might be around the world. Across the street or maybe in the next room. And then, of course, we need to tell other people. We need to tell them of the news of Jesus. And how the grace and salvation of Jesus can, can change their life. We need to show it with our lives, of course, and with our actions. But we also need to make it known with our voice. And speak it into being. 
If you think about this story of Jonah, he wasn't just sent to tell. I mean, he just he wasn't sent to just be among the people. He was sent there to tell them something. To share a message with them. And, you know, if we follow instead of running from God, if we follow Jesus instead of running from Jesus, the Lord will be with us. Last week, uh, I said, if we follow God, we don't have to worry about the rest. And, you know, that holds true in, in this week's message as well. But this week in Jonah, we see what can happen when we run the other way. Instead of following. And so if you uh, have been running from God. If the Holy Spirit is speaking that something uh, to you about something today. If you've been running from God, I encourage you to turn around and try the other direction. Follow God and take his second chance. Because we know that we serve a God who is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and abounding in love. And if you turn the other direction and follow God, I know that you won't be sorry for doing that. Stand together with me this morning and we're going to pray together about this. <clears throat> we're also going to uh, take that exit to the right. <laughs> off the road and go over to the fellowship meal after this. So we'll pray for our, uh, we'll pray for our fellowship meal as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for each one here this morning. Thank you for those who are watching. Um, Lord, never know how the Holy Spirit is going to speak to each one of us or what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about. But I pray this morning that we would be uh, receptive to how your spirit is moving in our lives this morning through this story of Jonah. We can't maybe relate with being swallowed by a whale or some of the things that Jonah went through. But Lord, we can relate to this idea of having a second chance. And if there's somebody here this morning who has been, who's turned their back on you, who is going the other direction in their life. Uh, I pray that, that you would just speak into their life this morning and allow them to see that, that you will give them a second chance to turn and follow you and to do the things in life that you have created them to do and to fulfill the purpose in life that you have for them. Because we know you have a purpose for each and every one of us in this life, Lord. We just need to find out what it is, and to hear your voice telling us where to go, what to do, and how to live our lives. So, Lord, I pray that for each one this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would bless our meal that we are sharing together this morning. Pray that you would bless the food and the fellowship, and we thank you for the fellowship that we have as a church family. Thank you for, for those who uh, develop friendships here and, and care for each other and look after each other, and Lord, help us to Always remember to pray and lift each other up. And so, Lord, as we go from here this morning, we pray your blessing on us, your blessing on each one. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless.